to the Success for Life podcast with David Schumann. Glad to have on a very special guest coming on very, very shortly. Uh, as you know, in the Success for Life podcast, before we bring on our guest, um, we really talk about all the issues that are hard to be successful in business, in life, as an entrepreneur. Obviously, that's our huge slant, trying to help people understand the tools and things to make them successful. Our guest today, uh, Kelly Hadou, who is, is just a fantastic entrepreneur. I got to meet her at an investors conference uh, several years ago uh, with her company, Win the Room. She is literally helping CEOs, entrepreneurs, investors, executives learn how to take public speaking into an art form and to become uh, a way that they can leverage their message, their branding, and, and a whole lot more. So without further ado, let me bring on... Kelly, how's everything going, Kelly? Oh, everything is great. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm I'm really excited to have you you on the show. Um, we we've talked in the in, in the past um, uh, about what you do, and I think it's so unique. Um, it's so different. If you could just kind of give our listeners a little bit of an overview. Uh, of your background and, and what when the room does, and then we'll really dive in deep to all the nitty gritty details of of what makes you successful, and then what you help uh, executives do. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just go back, I guess, a little bit in time. In 2010, I started out by helping startup founders pitch to investors. Uh, there was an accelerator that had asked me, because of my background, if I could help startup founders pitch because their pitching skills weren't that strong. And so that's how I, I really got started in the industry, and I loved it. So I felt like I was at the very beginning which was exciting. And from that experience, it just rolled into doing, you know, more public speaking for communication, for win the room. And it rolled into a few TEDx talks and it rolled into some corporate talks. And so I kind of became known as a public speaker and helping people with their public speaking. But the interesting thing I think about public speaking is this, is that everyone is a public speaker, whether we're speaking to one person or to a thousand people, you know, uh, if something is on the line that we really, really want, it's just a heightened sense. It's a heightened form of communication. So it's making sure that you get the points in that you want to get in. It's making sure that if you do get nervous, how do you work through that so you can be the best that you can be, whether, again, it's on a big stage, whether it's interviewing for an important job. And then I, I took all that communication, that in-person kind of stuff, and I brought it over into social media because I feel that it's the same in person and online, you know, people want to um, they they want to hear someone who's who's speaking directly to them, and so technology has really really changed the way we communicate. And I guess you know to answer your question, that that's really the crux of um, how I began and and what I do. I think it's so interesting because in this in this space where you have 
um, you know, people like Tony Robbins who work to motivate people and, and obviously uh, are, are up there speaking and they're now with speaking engagements with, you know, South by Southwest and all these different kind of events, the TEDx talks or the TED talks, um, public speaking is as critical uh, to someone doing business as them actually doing business, especially from a branding standpoint. Um, your background was in acting, right? What What are some acting of and the, finance? Acting and finance, okay. Two very very different things, and maybe you could tie in for me the, <laughs> the, the similarities on there. But um, uh, what what did you learn from acting that can bring forward into to the world of, of, of public speaking um, for, for someone going out in front of you? Sure. Um, well, most of my experience was on stage, and I studied Shakespeare and Chekhov. And one of the things that I really learned from, from being on the stage is this, is that the most important thing to do is to motivate to learn how to motivate. So I learned how to motivate my character. I just didn't speak my lines because just speaking my lines, it's like speaking in person. If they're flat and they don't have enough emotion, then we can't motivate who we're speaking with. So one of the most important things that I learned from acting on stage was motivate the other character that my character was speaking to and also at the same time, and this is the, the art, is to motivate the audience so that they're they're getting it, they're emotionally involved. Because it was one thing to be intellectually involved, but it's on another level to get emotionally involved. Not only as an actor, but that other actor has to feel something for him or her to make that next move authentically, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And how does how does uh, you know working on Wall Street and dealing with the being in the line of fire, you know, um, and trading and, and spending ten years doing that? Um, what what were some of the things that you learned? And I, I'm trying to form a background as so so um, we can help people understand how they can tie these kind of tools in. Um, but what was it from Wall Street that you really learned? Uh, from a business standpoint, that ties in to, to what you're doing and what you're trying to communicate. Sure, sure. Um, well, if I can put it in one word, clean, <laughs> clean communication. So here's the thing. I was working on the trading floor, and I was on the risk arbitrage trading desk. And so we dealt in many instruments from equities to munis- municipals to junk bonds to corporate bonds, um, derivatives, every instrument that you can think of. And a lot of it is about mergers and acquisitions. So one of the things is that when you're trading, you have to be super, super clear, and your communication has to have clarity because if it doesn't, you can mess up a trade, you can mess up um, a deal, and if that happens, then the other side gets confused and you can lose. 10,000, 100,000, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars are usually on the table when you're um, trading proprietary money. So you have to be very, very careful. And one of the things that I learned was how to communicate in an urgent situation and to do with clarity. 
Uh, and that, uh, I think, was so valuable about being on the trading floor. So at that time, you know, I was, I was definitely a shy kid, and, but I knew that that would be really powerful for me as a communicator if I can learn that how to communicate in the moment uh, and how to communicate clearly. Because, you know, when people get nervous, there's a lot, uh, 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 and they'll, they'll kind of dance around a subject. You can't do that on a trading floor. If you do, <laughs> you know, it's over. You lose business. Uh, so that, yeah. Good. So that was, you know, probably one of the most powerful lessons I learned about communication. So direct communication, being able to communicate your message, I guess, quickly and distinctly, which obviously really helps uh, people also in that startup world and uh, trying to raise capital where you have uh, venture capitalists that uh, don't have a lot of time, don't have a lot of patience and want to you know, understand what you're your, your brand is, what your business is, and, and how you're going to help uh, uh, build a very successful business quickly so they can get a return on their investment. What are some of the, the key, key things that you want your clients to be able to communicate uh, to the public? Uh, you know, a lot of our, our, our uh, followers are entrepreneurs, and they're always trying to raise capital. What are some of the key things that they have to be able to communicate when they're up there speaking with uh, the investor community. Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, Dave, one of the most important things is to be able to communicate one message because oftentimes we want to say everything. And if we say everything, then we dilute uh, the message. So if we know our audience, you know, what, who is the investor, what does their firm generally invest in? What's the dollar amount? What are they looking to invest in? Uh, maybe if we get to know something about the investor, his personal likes, his personal dislikes, maybe what kind of uh, groups are he, is he or she associated with. So we can try to get into the psychology before we meet with that person. And then it's a matter of knowing who's your competition, the strength of your team, what do they bring to the table, uh, where are you now, um, how are you monetizing. And there's a lot that goes into it that an investor will want to know because they're nervous and they want to invest, but they want to make sure that their investment is going to the right startup because if it's not then they lose face and they lose a lot of money so if we can keep that in mind if we can go in thinking about that audience rather than us you know go in thinking how can we how can we make their day how can my invention or my product or my service uh, be good for for this investor invest in and why you know understanding why now why they should invest now and not a year from now I, there's a lot that goes into it but at the end of the day you have to allay the fear of the person that you're presenting to 
because they're coming in the room with doubts, as they should be. How do you read, and, and I know, you know, obviously, yeah, in preparation for um, for your meeting, and you can do the research, and you can get to know what you think the, the person about. How important is your ability to read the audience? I mean, like, I've always felt, you know, I've, I've done a lot of public speaking, and I've always come in with, you know, what I've prepared, my message, you know, my one or two points that I need to definitely get across, my overall message. Um, but what I've always thought that I was really good at was reading my crowd and, and knowing, okay, um, this direction is really something they're very interested in and I can really start to gear my message uh, on the fly, utilizing my, my prepared points, but, um, but reading what the audience is looking for. How important is uh, preparation versus being able to, to read the audience on the fly uh, and being able to make those kind of adjustments in your presentation? Yeah, that's a powerful question. So here's the thing. Preparation is key. Um, doing your homework, knowing who the audience is, understanding what your product is bringing to the market that's new and different, all of that, knowing your numbers, knowing your future numbers, that's so, so important. Practicing your pitch uh, with your team, with others, going over your deck, making sure that it's not too overloaded with um, messages, that it's supporting you rather than upstaging you. That's so important. But what you talked about, about being able to read an audience, is so key. It's probably one of the most important things because once we've done all the preparation, once we have the content, once we feel like, yes, we're prepared, you got to throw that away because, as you said, Dave, it's about going in and reading the audience, and that's the most important thing. So people say it's the first 30 seconds, the first seven seconds. I personally think it's the first three seconds that you walk into a room and, boom, you make an impression. You make an impression with your body language. You make an impression with your voice. You make an impression with um, just how you your how you look, you know, and how you look at the room. So it's understanding energy levels. And one thing that I believe you're talking about is when you go into a room, you'll know which way to direct them because you're reading their energy levels. And even though they're not saying anything, you're still instinctively picking up on where they are energetically and you're going with that. A lot of people don't give it value, but you have to go in and meet an audience at their energetic level, meaning if they're, if the energy is kind of low in the room, you don't want to come in as like gangbusters because then that's going to be very um, – that's going to put them off. However, if you come in and meet them at their energy level, which is a little bit lower, then you start to build trust because people like people who are like them. Then you can start to take them up energy-wise. And and reading an audience is probably the most important thing that you can do because once you're able to read an audience, then you can start to motivate them. And the way that we motivate is through emotion. So the content is the intelligence, but the way that we emote is 
equally important. And I think a lot of people don't understand that about when they get into a room that it's a different kind of work. And that's where the interpersonal skills come in. That's where, you know, you're seeing how their body language is. So you sort of want to match that. And at the same time, have open body language so people can trust you. And I think that's what you do instinctively. Right. And, and I, I think that's, uh, there are people that have it and there are people that obviously it can be learned and there are things that uh, can be done. And obviously that's, that's, you know, what you do so well. I mean, I, I, I love the way that you, you know, even when you, you speak that you present um, directly and it's something that, I, I, you know, I've always tried to learn is that people who speak directly but with a caring tone in their voice connects with, connects with the audience and, and helps them understand the message uh, a, a lot more clearly. So I, I, think, I think that's really, really interesting, the clarity of the communication that you went over. Um, I, I love that term, clean communication, and obviously preparing. If you're prepared, uh, then when things get thrown at you, you at least know what your message is um, so you can kind of adjust on the fly because you're already confident uh, in, in your message. As far as now, I want to take a kind of a, uh, a step back and talk a little bit more uh, about you and, 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 you know, your background. Um, you, you led and came into this field, I guess, so to speak, um, somewhat by accident. Um, so I would love to know from a, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, you know, someone who takes that step to run their own thing, you know, did you have any mentors in this space? Did you have anyone that you look to uh, for guidance that you learn from from a business standpoint? I mean, I know your background uh, going to Columbia and NYU is exceptional. Um, did, did you have anybody like that that helped you along the way? I would say every step of the way. And some of them were bad <laughs> and some of them were really, really good. Uh, I think as an entrepreneur, uh, sometimes we latch on uh, to other people who were doing it really well. And if we get insecure, uh, we may latch on for the wrong reasons. So I, I learned a lot. You know, I've, I've um, started several companies, and I certainly have learned a lot in the startup community. I, the mentors have so important. I am so lucky right now to have a very powerful mentor in my life, and I connect with him, and he gives me so much guidance and, and help. He's absolutely incredible. I wouldn't know what to do without him. I'm very, very grateful. And I think that every expert, every entrepreneur should definitely have a mentor, or at least have a community, a reliable community. Uh, you don't want to hook up with people who are Debbie Downers. You don't want to hook up with people who, um, you know, can't see the light at the end of the tunnel because they're not going to help you. You need people who can see things more clearly than you can. And I think having... Mentors is probably the best thing that an entrepreneur can do. So there's a lot of mentors and coaches out there 
who just really don't know their path. And you got to be careful of that. you got to get with people who have been down the path and who can help you because they kind of learned lessons along the way. So they're a step ahead or they're two steps ahead. And age-wise, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I happen to work with a mentor right now um, who is just so incredible. And he's helping me and my business create more revenue. So I think that, you know, as an entrepreneur, that we're either stronger in the creative or we're stronger in the finance part, the business part. And you have to understand where your strength is and then find your mentor where the gap is. And, and who, if I may ask, who is your mentor that you work with? Sure. Where does he come from? Yeah, his name is Brian Jarvis, and he was in um, marketing for a long time, a senior marketing person in the cosmetic industry. And he's really, really incredible. That, that, that is fantastic. So I think it's really interesting that you utilize a mentor now. I think you touched on a couple things I, I think are, are um, really important, as I've, I've seen in themes with successful people, um, whether entrepreneurs, you know, I've interviewed uh, coaches, um, and, and that, that, that art of positivity and being around people um, that can lift you up. Because as an entrepreneur, uh, as many highs as there are, there sometimes, you know, hopefully the highs are more than the lows, but, you know, you're going to have quite a few lows uh, as an entrepreneur, and, and that's part of the, the beauty uh, and, the, and the risk of it. Uh, how, how important do you feel that positivity is in, in um, people that advise you with positivity and investment in, in what you're doing? Uh, positivity is, is everything. Uh, positivity isn't given enough credit. Uh, even our own positivity, what we bring. I used to uh, teach, a uh, short digression, but I used to teach from the perspective that understand your content and then we'll work on the delivery. Now what I do is I must work on that personal development piece, which is the thought process. You know, what do we bring in? Uh, how are we coloring something with our emotions? And often those emotions we're not even aware of because they're stuck deep at the subconscious level. And so then how do we become aware of that so we can be more in the moment? Uh, I think positivity is, is everything. Uh, it's, it can, can make or break a situation. You can have a wonderful product or service idea, but if you can't express it uh, authentically in the moment, and authentic, uh, authenticity, all it means is being in the moment. That's it. That's it. That's authentic communication. And so often it's hard to be in the moment because we color things. We come into a room thinking, oh, I know how it's going to go. I know what he or she is like. I've been down this road before. I'm not letting that happen to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I think that if we can come to a situation fresh, 
but of course, we we honor the past. We let the past inform us, but we don't bring it to the forefront. And I think that the people that we deal with on an ongoing basis, uh, in order for us to maintain our level of success, because to be quite honest, a lot of entrepreneurs are solopreneurs. You need that level of positivity from yourself and from others. Actually, you have to demand it. In that last thing you said, demanding positivity, how do you demand that from the, the people that are around you that you work with? Um, maybe even people in your life to, to, to generate, uh, you know, a mind frame that can help you to be successful? Or what have you done? Sure. Uh, it's changing your mind. It's changing the mind frame first of yours. It was changing my mind frame. It was understanding that I, at times, was bringing in the negative energy. It's understanding that... I can color a situation by how I walk into a room, by how I approach someone. So in order for me to get the best out of the situation, in order for me to get the investment, in order for me to build trust with someone, in order for me to make friends, whatever it might be, I need to first work on myself. And what that means is that it's changing the thought process. Because oftentimes people think that their thoughts are them when their thoughts are nothing but habits that they formed. And those thought patterns were successful for them back then when they needed to think like that. But too often we carry around these habitual thought patterns into the present that are no longer needed. So if we can become hyper-aware of our thought patterns and if we can begin to replace negative thought patterns with positive thought patterns, which can happen because it only takes 30 days to change a habit, but in order to do that, you have to be consistent with the change. So when a negative thought comes in, you immediately replace it. You don't judge it. You have to immediately replace that negative thought with a positive thought. And that starts to get you on the positive bandwagon. And people are attracted to positivity. People love positive people because that's what leaders are. That's what the best politicians are. They're positive. That's what the best mentors are. They're positive. They allow you to respect and hold your vision while, you know, trying to perhaps maybe shift your perspective into seeing another way of doing something. Very interesting stuff. Um, I, I think, you know, the positivity and, and, and being able to create that change of state in your mind in an instant and be able to recognize, be self-aware enough to recognize what's going on and change it is so critical. Um, let's talk about how you've been able to uh, generate what you do into being able to be a, you know, a TED on TED Talk to be able to present, you know, um, uh, at Silicon Alley, you know, among others. How did you get your brand out there so people would know that you were an expert in this field, so then you could talk about what it is that you do? Sure. Uh, I think, well, one of the things that I realized early on was the power of networking. 
and sometimes I was a little clumsy at it, but I just got out there and I was handing out cards and saying, hey, this is what I do, and I wasn't trying to sell. I was just saying, this is what I do, and I'm passionate about what I do. And that's how I landed uh, the TEDx talks because TEDx Silicon Alley was organized by someone named Chris Grayson. And Chris and I met at a networking event. And from that, I became, you know, I helped him with the first one. I became a co-organizer and just really helped him every step of the way with that TEDx. And uh, it was very successful. And I think it's so important to network. And I also think uh, my company, I have two companies now, Win the Room and Win the Space. And Win the Space is about branding through social media. So what I want to say about that is that I think it's so important to communicate online. It lets people know what you do, your level of expertise, how you're a thought leader, and it's about giving value so it's not about selling. I think um, selling has sometimes a nasty connotation. But if we can become influencers, you know, selling is important, right? And I think influencing first is more important. Gaining trust, gaining uh, likability in the space, and coming across as an expert, someone who can be relied on and that's how I think people begin to see that you might be a relevant source for whatever it might be, a conference, a workshop, podcast. I, I think it's about, you know, you know what it's about, Dave, because you do it. You're giving away right. something. You're giving value, right? So as Gary Vaynerchuk says, give, 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 then ask. And I think that's important. It's interesting you brought up Gary Vaynerchuk. I listen to a lot of his stuff, and there there are many things that I absolutely love about him. Some things I disagree with, but I I think his level of authenticity and 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 reaching his audience and what what he does is is unbelievable. Um, it really is unbelievable. And it's, what 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 is the I find it very intriguing. You know how how you know, you built. Um, what you do, it's 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 something that is so valued, but um, but people think about it as a secondary thing, but it's it's probably the most critical thing to me um, in, in in messaging. Now you talked about social media and getting that messaging across and podcasting those kind of things. Um, what is your advice to to entrepreneurs in how they should use uh, using public speaking or podcasting or messaging in social media because everybody's brand is different, um, everybody's uh, product is different. But what, what would you feel are some of the best practices to use that 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 publicity model um, uh, for someone to build their business? Right, right. Well, I think if you're not online, you're missing a huge opportunity. And it's only going to become narrower as bigger companies come in and start paying for advertising. Then the space, the social media space is going to close up. 
for the entrepreneurs because it's going to be too expensive. Those are my beliefs, whether or not that will happen, but I do believe that we're heading that way. Uh, Corporate dollars will start to close up that space for entrepreneurs who can't afford to play along with them. So the thing with social media, it is one of the best vehicles that you can use right now, whether it's your website, optimizing your website, whether it's Facebook, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, and you name it, any kind of social media platform that you can get yourself on is beneficial. Podcasting, extremely beneficial. Facebook Live, Google, um, Google Plus, YouTube, all of that. If you're not on, on Google Plus, and you're not hooking up those analytics to your website, you're missing an opportunity. Uh, as we know, Google is number one. Google respects Google, right? So they will appreciate it if you're on their platform, and that will rank you higher for SEO. But the thing about social media is that you can't throw out mixed messages. You can't just sell. You can't just talk about yourself. You really got to – it's like – I bring my communication expertise. So when I help clients, I look at the communication, and that's how I brand. So I think about what's most valuable about your company, who's your audience, what kind of level do they play at, how much is a normal investment you know, for in your company, what are people willing to pay? Are they entrepreneurs or are they in startup that have funding, are they growth, are they mature? And I think you really have to know that because you're speaking to your audience online and you have to be speaking their language. You're speaking as yourself, of course, in an authentic tone. Even if you have an agency do the work for you, they're still getting the tone of your brand. But you have to be able to know who your audience is to really be effective on social media. So there's a lot that goes into it. If someone is doing like a TED Talk or some sort of uh, public speaking engagement and presenting on a topic like you, you once did, what, what are your recommendations for um, how they get that message across in a short time frame like a TED Talk and connect with the audience? Sure. Well, I think a lot of people discredit um, the tech rehearsal piece. And so I'll explain a little bit what that is. It's understanding beforehand how many people will be in the room, what kind of room is it, um, uh, how are the acoustics, how will the lights be, what kind of mic will you use, a lavalier or handheld. And I think that is setting you up for a more successful talk. Will it be behind a podium? Will there not be a podium? Uh, what's the space that I can move in? Okay, because you don't want to move out of the light because then you're going to lose the audience. And then it's about what we talked about before. It's about your content, making sure that it, the audience sees it as digestible content. The audience sees the value. If there's a call to action, make sure that's clear. And then it's about how do I want to make them feel? 
How do I want to make them feel? Do I want to make them feel important on this point? Do I want to make them feel valued on another point? Do I want to make them feel concerned on another point? Do I want to make them feel good? What is it that you want the audience to walk away with? Because I believe, as Maya Angelou said, uh, her quote is, I'll remember. I won't remember what you said. I won't remember what you did, but I'll, I'll remember how you made me feel. And that was her quote. And, you know, that's what it's all about. Everyone wants an experience. Everyone wants a level of entertainment, whether you're online, whether you're in person, whether you're writing an email. It's all the same. How do we engage? And that engagement piece is important. So that's the art. That's definitely the sciences, understanding the tech piece, you know, doing a tech rehearsal. Even if you can't be there, you ask the questions. I can't tell you how many speakers and leaders that I talk to and train, and I say, okay, what's the room like? How many people will be in it? Will you be mic'd? They don't know. I think you're, if, you, if you don't know, you're setting yourself up for uncertainty and we try and take the uncertainty out of it the only uncertainty that should be there is when you're in the moment because you don't know what people are going to give you emotionally you don't know what they're going to give you energetically but if you can get those hard things down first then you it gives you room to play it gives you room to be how important are visual effects in a presentation? I've, I've always found that, you know, for me, my, my voice carries, and I found that too much visual effects actually messes up my, my presentation. Um, some people love to use visual effects. For me, I think I can capture an audience without having to have too many bells and whistles, but obviously you always need some things there. Um, to keep the audience interested, uh, possibly. So, what what do you? How important are visual effects, and and, and how should they be used in, in a presentation? Sure, um, it depends whether or not you know you're presenting to accountants or you're presenting to the entertainment industry. Uh, if you're presenting to people who are more left brain, they may appreciate some charts. They may appreciate some supported data with citations, but I would never overload a, a slide. That's death by PowerPoint. Uh, and if you're presenting for an effect, let's say if you're doing a TED Talk, a TEDx Talk, that's more, I come from an art history background, so my undergraduate uh, degree was in art history. And so when I do someone's deck, I tend to get a little bit dramatic because I want that to be a support for them. So I want that to stand out only in the way that it oomphs, it gives an oomph to the speaker. It gives an oomph to the message. You know, I'm more of the Steve Jobs kind of um, presenter. I love that, you know, where you can just have one word and it says something like dream, and then you go on and you talk about your product, you know, or the future or the vision, whatever it might be. 
But I think that if your slides begin, if people start reading slides, you've lost your audience. Because people then are taking away the attention from you and putting it onto a slide deck when, in fact, you can send them that particular slide deck after, the, after your presentation. So I always recommend two decks. Have your presentation deck, which is a little bit more for entertainment value and effect, and then have that statistical data-driven deck that you can send after the talk. Right, so you don't have to present them with all this data that they just get bored and turn off on. Um, but they still want that information post-event post, uh, post so they can analyze, you know, what you did or what the opportunity is. Very, very, right, very interesting right. stuff. What are some of the things that the, the tools that you use to help yourself as an entrepreneur? Do you read books? Do you listen to audio books? Um, what are some of the... the um, tools that you like to use? Sure. Um, I tend to, what I tend to do is I read a lot. Uh, I read the paper every day. Um, I look at leaders and I see how they present. And then I sometimes do a deep dive into a leader of today or a leader from history. And I look at what they had and what made them so powerful. And, of course, if there's a book on the market that's important, I'll, I'll look at it and I'll read it. I'll read blogs. I'll read articles. I'll comb through my LinkedIn to see if there's anything interesting that people are seeing. I'll look at trends. Because uh, my job is, as a communication strategist, is to keep up. So I always have to be looking at what's going on in the market and what are people gravitating to, and then how can I maybe disrupt those ideas and how can I, you know, um, just kind of I, – I use it to inform me and then I – and then how it informs me, uh, you know, helps me educate the audience, if it's relevant. Very interesting. Do you, um, do you have any favorite authors or books that you recommend to entrepreneurs trying to build a business? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of them, right? I mean, there's... Um, the Blue Ocean Strategy, there's Adam Grant's books on interpersonal skills. Uh, there's just a lot of great books out there. I would just say to people, find your niche and start in reading blogs and start looking at books that can help you within, that, within your niche, within your level of expertise. I think that people first need to know what it is that they bring to the table because I feel like we all bring something similar to the table, but we're unique and we want to stand out as unique. And I think that once we begin to figure out our uniqueness, that one thing that we do a little differently from the person sitting next to us then I think whatever you read will inform you 
and it will help you grow in that niche. Very interesting. Where can people find out more information on you and get in touch with you if they're interested uh, in, in working with you? Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, well, my name is Kelly Haddis, and I have two companies right now. It's called Win the Room, and so they can find me at wintheroom.com and Win the Space, which does social branding through social media. And uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me by email, they can do that at Kelly Haddis, H-A-D-E as in David, O-U-S, at wintheroom.com. And, of course, I encourage everyone to connect with me on the social media platforms. I love connecting, and I think it's a great way of getting to know people. Well, you've built a, a pretty huge social media presence, too, uh, especially on Twitter. I think you got like 57,000 followers, so um, you've done a great job in that space. I, I wish you uh, much continued success, and, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you again in the future. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I think it's been really helpful uh, for people that are looking for that extra edge, and, and uh, thank you so much again for coming on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I loved it, and I love talking with you. And best of luck to you, too, and I'll speak with you soon. Thank you so much. That was Kelly Hadas from Window, CEO of Window Room uh, for our Successful Life podcast. I think she's an amazing person. Uh, her ability to, to communicate is, is second to none. Her ability to, to help people get to where they want to and present themselves in the right way. I think she covered some really interesting things. I think uh, can't talk enough about. I've spoken before about positivity and the importance of positivity uh, in, in your own success. Uh, being able to really t- self-assess and, and look at the personal development of yourself um, is it, so critical. Uh, positivity, she said, is everything uh, in, in the process. And you know, we talked about with her. Uh, you know, importance of communication. When she was with finance, she learned the art of clean communication, making sure she's, cl- uh, you know, very effective in, in using her words and the clarity of her words and being direct um, uh, with her words and connecting with the audience. And then I, I think what was really interesting um, in building her own brand, the importance of being an influencer, being someone that they trust and work with um, to be able to help them be successful. I think that's one of the things she's very selfless in her, her ability to help her lead. And I think that's one of the key things as an entrepreneur is being selfless, uh, being able to, to take care of others and then in turn, they'll be able to take care of you. Tomorrow we're going to be on with a, a tremendous successful life podcast uh, with Steven Bianco, one of the top franchisees of college hunks hauling junk. Stay with us. As always, you can follow me at, at NUC Football. Um, you can go and read uh, all of this uh, uh, and listen to it online on iTunes, on a Successful Life podcast, and on their NUC media. Uh, until tomorrow, um, if you go online as well and you, you go to NUCSportsMag.com, you put in Football 2016 for our football followers. Obviously, we have a huge amount of those. You can put that in, it's 50% off for life for all of our uh, analysis of college, high school, and, and the pros. 
Uh, and then obviously you can always go at NUCSports.com. You can email me at Dave at NUCSports. If you know of someone that should be on the show, if you think somebody should be on the show, go ahead and do that. Thanks for being on. Until next time for the Success for Life podcast, we'll close it on out with a little more Guns and Roses.